0: Got this. in
1: pocket. Got I'm gonna use it Intention. For Act my name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox and this is the 45th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD and Tornado from January 1980, Progs 146 to 149. This week, Judge Minty takes the long walk. The stainless steel rat comes face to face with murder. Blackhawk gets a magic sword, and the crime is life. The sentence is death. Judge Death arrives at Mega City One.
0: He's gonna get all touchy feely on you.
1: That's right, all ins, all up inside your chest. Uh, <laughs> which for for sure takes us straight to three hundred one Judge Dread.
0: Dude, the cover for this prog was really great.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first cover that we, uh, the first prog this month, prog one forty six, is just Judge Dread in the rain with his gun, and says, New Year's is canceled.
0: <laughs>
1: which, which is great yeah so the uh, the script robot for judge Dread all this month is john wagner writing is john howard the art robots are brendan mccarthy mike mcmahon ron smith and brian bolland and the lettering robot is tom frame so we start it's december 31st 2101 and it's time to celebrate the new year unless judge dread finds you because J- new year's is cancelled
0: Get your ass off the street and stop being celebratory.
1: That's right. F- to figure out why, we're going to have to go to a flashback. Albert Sherman was born four years ago to dumb parents who wanted a smart kid. <laughs> so, so what do you do? Well, you'd toss him inside an auto-teach machine so he become super smart. By the time he was four, Albert is a business mogul with his parents as his willing lackeys. But just
0: like... Amazing. <laughs> yeah,
1: he like he yells at him and they're like oh it's right for him to yell at us because he's so smart and we're so dumb uh, but he's, he's tired of business and he's got his sights set and other things namely to become the king of Mega City 1
0: oh snap yeah. freckles and all
1: <laughs> he contacts the justice department with the news that he's hidden 5 H-bombs around the city they have to give in to his demands or he'll detonate them First demand, cancel New Year's.
0: I do like that uh, Judge Griffin, when he like contacts Judge Griffin, Yeah, he's just like, I wanted, I'm i the king of Mega City 1 now, and he's like, a boy of your intelligence should know that we don't have kings here, Albert.
1: And yeah. Albert just sets <laughs> so, off an H-bomb out in the cursed earth.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, all right, we'll cancel Christmas. I mean, New Year's for everybody
1: at least until we catch him. <laughs> oh um, snap. Yeah, the judges are forced to submit while they look for the bombs, which are set on a one-hour dead man switches, so if they like take down Albert, if he doesn't put in a code every hour, they'll, they'll go off. Once the bombs are found, Judge Dredd arrests Albert and forces him to disarm the bombs by handcuffing the kid to the first bomb <laughs> that'll blow up so that he'll die if he doesn't disarm them.
0: Which, you know... Really good plan, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, he probably wasn't expecting to go up with the bombs, you know. Um, <laughs> so, Not Albert.
0: too smart.
1: Yeah, exactly. Gotta realize that uh, power comes with consequences. A- Albert agrees and the city is saved, but what's to be done with this would-be king of, Me- of Mega City 1? Answer, send him to the Justice Academy to learn right from wrong, become a judge.
0: And probably, like, you know... Get the shit beaten out of him a bunch until he becomes a weird automaton that's also brilliant.
1: Well, we'll see Albert again in the pages of um, 2008D in the magazine, but not until 2012. So, you know, just put a pin in this for later. Good (laughs) God. (laughs) All right. So next up, really amazing uh, classic Judge Dredd story. Dredd and an older judge, Judge Minty, crime blints a citizen named Tommy Minty tries to talk Tommy into giving up the Kovacs mob, but Dredd just rousts the place, finds a ton of incriminating evidence, including traces of tobacco, and forces Tommy to give them the info. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. Dredd calls Minty out on being too soft, and then the pair head out to take down the Kovacs gang, Uh, which Dredd thinks Kovacs should have done months ago.
0: Yeah, Minty's been talking about like I, the whole time. He's like, "Ah, oh, fucking t- wish the city was good. and Maybe we should be nice." And Judge Jit's like, "Ah, oh, fuck that."
1: He's old and soft. The Kovacs start shooting, and Minty wants to wait them out. But Dread heads in, guns blazing. He he takes yes, out the do. yeah he takes out the whole gang with bike cannons and dodgems, which are what they're calling ricochet bullets now and just generally good motorcycle riding. The leader, Kovacs, is thrown out of a window and crawls for his gun as Minty warns him to stop, but the perp shoots him and is then put down by Judge Dredd. Oh, God. At the hospital, Judge Minty admits that he's too old to be a judge. He's gone soft, expecting people to not be criminals and to try to go easy on them, and he knows that because he's thinking that, it's time to quit being a judge.
0: So he's offered a cushy job at the Academy of Law.
1: Yeah, but he won't take it. He's been on the street too long. Instead he accepts the final duty of all retired judges to take the long walk into Mudyland to bring just, to bring law to the lawless until death. Oh, it's the long walk. Woo <laughs> This is pretty
0: awesome. Like it's just like this last shot where he's just like, Alright, peace out, walking into
1: Wandering off in the wilderness with a pistol. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a lawgiver, so it's pretty awesome. Um, if 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 you if you're listening to this and Fox 2, if you like this story and want to see more of it and the adventures of Judge Minty in Mutiland to an extent, you should definitely go out of your way to find the uh, the Judge Minty fan film that was made by uh, a friend of the show, Steve Green. What follows us on Twitter and stuff. They did they they uh, he and a bunch of other folks did a thirty minute like live action movie of um of like Judge Minty and the curse first this story here and then Judge Minty and the curse earth and it's super duper awesome. Um, Dude, I
0: I just found it. It's got nearly, like, 700,000 views. Yeah, it's good as any. made in 2013. Fuck yeah, I'm going to watch this.
1: You got to watch it. They did a a Strontium Dog movie, too. Oh, I
0: I see that right here.
1: Which I I haven't been telling you about, which I I kept forgetting to mention when we were doing Strontium Dog earlier, and then I kind of held off just because we haven't really gotten to a real, like, Strontium Dog story yet, just in terms of, like them being at the dog house and all the other strontium dogs and stuff like that so there's not a lot of context for you yet but just from sort of what what i know you fox know about strontium dog and stuff but i it's definitely worth a watch both these are really awesome and like worthy of your youtube time you know
0: well i youtube a lot and this is queued up on my tube views
1: yeah like there's a like especially i'd say the the judge dread one has as a a ton of judge dread in jokes and stuff that i think you'll really appreciate fox
0: Holy holy crap. The Strontium Dog fan film was made this year.
1: Yeah, it, it just was came like out 2 days ago. Yeah, I think yeah. or maybe pre I, I know pretty recently, yeah. It's a, it's pretty exciting, honestly. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, May 23rd. What the hell?
1: Freak out, buddy. Shout
0: out to Minty. I'm I'm down. I watch a yeah. fan
1: film. Awesome. So Next up in our progs, people in Mega City 1 are growing alien seeds. First they grow as weird angry plants. Then they turn into weird bitey animals, each one about the size of a softball or something. So people just kind of throw them out in the street, and now they're becoming a a scourge on the city. Just balls of murder teeth rolling around town.
0: I kind of feel like people who buy and grow alien seeds
1: sort of deserve to be bitten and eaten. Agreed. Yeah, they're, they're weird and gross. Um, <laughs> so, Dread investigates the source of the alien seeds and eventually tracks them to the Mega City One space farm, where indeed there is a massive alien seed growing operation. Dread t- takes out one of the farmers, another is eaten by giant, low-G-grown alien seed monsters. In the end, Dread kills the gravity on the station, and the monsters quickly die in a zero-gravity environment, and the surviving farmer is off to the iso-cubes.
0: I, You know how... So there's this part where he comes onto the station, and they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, freak out, there's a judge here. Yeah. And then they leave that guy behind to mess up with the plants, because they've got to get cropped right right they just yeah, so th- beat the shit out of them with clubs
1: <laughs> yeah well I, I think that's it's just, how you do it it seems like yeah you, you well, well you know you, you got to cut them back a little bit so they don't turn into stage two and become sort of big but biting you know giant bite monsters which they do as soon as that as soon as they leave that 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 one guy alone to do it because it's like a three-man job apparently
0: <laughs> to beat the shit out of all these plants
1: that's right Listen, I don't know how animal husbandry works, dude. <laughs> like,
0: I mean, I feel like had I known that, I'd have, I'd have been a, hand, a husbandress. Uh,
1: yeah, alien seed farmer? <laughs> alien seed farmer? I don't know. <laughs>
0: I guess, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyhow. Really yeah, it's definitely bizarre. But hey, here we go with the big thing, <laughs> which is... Um, a criminal escapes the judges in the back alleys of Mega City One. Um, when suddenly he is confronted by a judge, but not just a judge. Oh God, who is it? It's Judge Death, man. Instead of an eagle, he's got a yeah, He's got a bat winged gargoyle on one shoulder instead of an eagle. He's got a, a, another shoulder pad with bones on it. His helmet's made of like sharpened bones, and his the bottom his bottom face is a skeletal rictus. His badge, a fanged skull that reads, Death, it's Judge Death!
0: This is pretty cool looking, man. And shout out to Ballin for like, this is a really beautiful comic.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So Death's hand reaches out into the perp's chest, goes straight through like Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom style. And it strikes the perp dead right away. My name is Death. I have come to judge you.
0: (laughs) Bad news.
1: Yeah, the judges find the perp's body, and he's died of terror. They find <laughs> some some old flesh under his under his fingernails. It's so old; it seems like the skin has been dead for centuries. Dread and the other judges are on patrol as death wanders into the Rabbit Club, where general nightclub action is being held. A DJ is playing <laughs> the number one hit, "Who Put the Bop," and the sound abounds. Which, <laughs>
0: uh. Who put the boop on my best round of boots? Who put the glop on my zig a a zang
1: Yeah. Sound of bounce. Um. <laughs> <laughs> as you we, say. We cut away as death kills the DJ, and then we then we cut to uh, dread and the other judges arriving to find the entire nightclub lying dead at death's feet. Yeah. <laughs> The judges attack death. Judge Ross rushes him and is judo-chopped into instant death for it. The remaining four judges open fire and blast death, but he just gets back up. You cannot kill what does not live. I have come to bring law to this city. My law, the law of death.
0: Which I guess is just killing people, right?
1: Yep. Next, uh, next, next episode: <laughs> the guilty and the damned.
0: Yeah, Judge Death is pretty creeps. Yeah, this is Come the it.
1: this is the first of a of a, a three part story. Fox next week we will both defeat Death and meet uh, Judge Anderson, and it's going to be real cool.
0: All right, you got me at, at Anderson. Oh yeah, I like are yeah, but... like from that one movie of what I did see.
1: Mhm. Well, I mean, com- com- you know, Prague Anderson's pretty different from movie Anderson. Mm. But I think you'll like uh you'll like comic Anderson because she's great. All right.
0: <laughs> All right, awesome. Yeah. Other than that, The Long Walk, we got two heavy hitters this time.
1: Yeah, there's some pretty pretty important dread stuff in just the like in just two of the stories of of, of this month's uh Prague. It's pretty interesting actually.
0: I enjoy these one-offs.
1: Yeah. Hey, speaking of um, things that are one off because they've been vaped from space, uh, th- thrill to the VCs. <laughs> <laughs> um, script robot for the VCs is Gary Findlay Day and Ian Rogan. Art robots are Cam Kennedy and Gary Leach. Lettering robots, Steve Potter. So, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you thought Dwarf Star looked weird.
1: Well, yeah, he does. He's kind of weird looking. We, we we open with brother the VC's the VC's hippie ship's computer, trying to lighten the mood by showing movies like the John Travolta, uh, cosmic in a Cosmic Cowboys. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dwarf Star calls down our our guy Steve Smith to help um, him work on his space guns because apparently we're going to meet up with the ship of Dwarf Star's brother Midge, and he wants everything to be super ship shape.
0: And like all of the people are kinda like being alright with Smith now. Like Dwarf Star is like real buddy buddy with him and the other guys are like, Hey you're not so bad.
1: Yeah, I after mean, after saving Earth guy. Yeah, after saving Jupe and Henshow on um on Pluto, he's kinda come up in, in their estimate estimate it seems mm. like. Um, so Dwarfstar kind of gives his story how he and his brother were little kids when there was an emergency warp to hyperspace to escape from a geek attack that let, which made them both be bald and short and have weird faces and stuff like that
0: and not wear shoes I guess
1: yeah both joined the Starship Troopers and became gunners <laughs> um Midge so as this happens Midge's ship arrives and they, and, and they start radioing between each other. Uh, Midge answers saying that they ran into trouble and their sergeant's in sickbay, but things are cool now. They're getting everything on an even keel. Uh,
0: I'm I'm sorry, what was that Conrad?
1: They're they they've got everything on an even keel. Uh, Dwarf Star starts heading over to Midge's <laughs> ship. And Midge keeps saying that get everything on an even keel thing, and eventually Smith works it out. That get everything on paper. Yeah, get everything on an even keel, geek. Midge's uh. ship, Midge's ship is a trap, and now three geek ships are warping in. Yet another honeypot in these dang VC stories.
0: <laughs> oh man i mean geeks just love their weird honeypots
1: yep uh dwarf star isn't up on the truth but the rest of ecs are so they call them back um to fix some to, to look at something out of guns and then they start vaping those geeks
0: oh man like there's a bunch of geeks coming in on spaceships and they're all like beep and they're all like gee and they're all like
1: they oh, boom Nova! Um, Oh, yeah. As they fight, the vid screen comes back on, and we see that Midge is being held hostage by a geek trooper. Midge begs Smith to destroy his ship and kill him so that he isn't taken as a POW by the geeks, which is a fate worse than death. It's an agonizing decision, but Smith takes the shot, destroying the ship and saving Midge. Still. Not not
0: before uh, they have, like, a bro moment. They, like... They're like looking at each other in the view screen. He's like, "You're a good, you're a good bro, Earth bro." Like, too bad we never got to meet. Have a, have a good time. Shoot me, please. He's like, yeah. "I'll I'll see ya, but not actually. I'm gonna shoot you."
1: So yeah, so um, Smith blows up Midge's ship. They have a solid bro moment right before they go. But still, Dwarf Star is pissed. He blames Smith for the death of his brother, and even though he knows that this is kind of unfair. And Smith learns that uh, cleaning up space is a dirty job
0: yuck, 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 yuck.
1: exactly mark. <laughs> next Prague the VCS are being sworn by geeks we gotta vape them Oh holy crap more geeks yeah uh, it turns out that while doing target practice on an asteroid the VCS blew up a geek hive and their guns and drive were damaged in the process Now, hundreds of tiny geeks are trying to claw into their ship. Um, It'll take 30 minutes to to, uh, fix the engine so they can escape. The VCs load up for EVA duty, that's extra vehicle activity, um, and they go out to fight the swarm. There's way too many of them, though, and a strange signal causes the VCs to lose radio communication with each other. Uh, They... (laughs) Yeah, they retreat into the ship as the geeks begin to claw their way through the doors. Finally, the geeks are aboard the ship, and it's time for hand-to-hand combat. The the guys all have, the, like, laser sh- swords and shields, and it's pretty cool. Um, Dude, Kensho,
0: like, destroys some
1: geeks, man. Yeah, he's got two swords with some sweet, like, samurai kind of moves. The fighting continues. Even the hippie ship's robot brother pulls out a pair of six shooters and starts blasting geeks. It's um,
0: pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: the fighting. Con- um, so as they fight, Smith re- uh, realizes that um, there um, that there was a reason why their communicators were shorting out, and he has brother jam that signal that was messing with theirs, and this disorients the geek swarm and makes them sitting ducks. So they're able to sort of, you know. Just take them out without too much trouble. The hyperdrive is fixed, and they blast out, nuking the geeks left behind. The battle is won, but now it's time to clean up. They are the VCs, after all. So I
0: guess let's just throw away all these corpses.
1: That's right. Next next, ep- next episode, the dishwasher, the cyborg, and the biggest star trooper base in the system.
0: Yeah. So still doing some character building? Yeah. So it's not too bad.
1: Yeah, I think we're st- you know we're still we're, we're we're getting to know more and more about the team and Smith is starting to develop relationships with them and stuff and then beyond that just some excellent like sci-fi action you know yeah decent stuff with the VCs
0: yeah it's pretty good some nice standard fare
1: yeah hey speaking of uh, awesome sci-fi action Fox oh yeah thrill three stainless steel rat
0: I was looking forward to this man gotta say i'm loving this series
1: oh yeah script robots kelvin gosnell art robots carlos iscara lettering robot is jack potter so uh slippery jim degriz has uh lands his stolen special core ship under a lake on the planet freeber where angelina was last spotted he's hot on the trail Oh, yeah. Yeah, after hitching a ride with some dude named Gug with a sweet barge and excellent <laughs> hooch, Jim makes his way into the big city of Freeburg, where he realizes he has no money and no place to stay. But wait.
0: And he's just sitting on a bench like, oh, man, like, what am I going to do? Yeah,
1: then he remembers that he's actually an intergalactic criminal. Hey, all right. Yeah. <laughs> After after taking a minute to do some crimes like littering on a no litter sign and stamping on the grass in front of a keep off the grass sign, Jim heads to the First National Bank of Freeburg and immediately heists it using an exploding coin and some well-placed smoke bombs. Which
0: gotta say pretty cool stuff
1: yeah he kind of like like, hey give me change for this coin and they put the coin in the machine to like check it's ver- it's, a, it's a veracity and then that coin blows up <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> luckily all banks 5,000 years from now just all happen to have huge piles of gold bars stacked up in their vaults yeah,
0: um, <laughs> which you just pluck right out of there and get hey, on out
1: listen digital or computer banking no way <laughs> So, oh, man!
0: Not when there's gold bars to be stacked.
1: Mm-mm. Flush with cash, Jim heads out on the town. Where a at a spacer bar, he meets a lady. Oh, it's Angelina! But has he found her, or has she found him? Ooh. Yeah. Angelina and Jim walk out of the bar, and she leads him to a dark alley with promises of a zero-g disco. Instead, all she's got is hot lead. <laughs> For. <laughs> Four shots to the chest and one to the face. Jim wakes up in an ambulance. Yeah, where... Yeah, shots, shots, shots. Where it's revealed that his body armor took most of the damage and his arm deflected the headshot.
0: Which, uh, hey, good news, you're not dead. Bad news, you gotta heal.
1: You know, Jim quickly tricks the medical order- orderly bot to fake his own death and escapes Which the was hospital. Which awesome. Yeah.
0: He basically convinces a robot, like, of course corpses can talk stupid.
1: Yeah, he's like, listen, like, I'm dead, I'm just gonna go. The robot's like, you aren't dead, like it says here on your chart. He's like, look... Give me that chart. He writes deceased on the chart. And then when the robot's like, I don't think you're dead. He's like, oh, what? You're going to argue with a corpse? Get out of here. You're crazy.
0: (laughs) Come on, dude. You don't know my biz.
1: Luckily, the robot's a really dumb robot, so it goes along. (laughs) Um
0: absolutely yeah
1: so jim escapes back to his hotel back there he spends a couple days healing and planning his next move he realizes the problem is that he's a killer or sorry that he's a thief not a killer and so he can't figure out what angelina's next move is there's only one thing to do and that's become totally and completely insane and a kill crazy murderer uh to do that for a day uh, if he does that for a day he'll be ready to beat angelina Oh yeah. <laughs> so, next up, Slippery Jim rolls into the bar and just kicks the shit out of everybody. <laughs> um,
0: which like what?
1: He basically starts a fight and then beats up the entire bar. <laughs> this bout of violence is brought on by an anger potion of some sort which he quickly disposes of because now he knows how Angelina thinks. She's going
0: gonna... to This was the weakest part of this, I think. <laughs> Still fine. Just like, so he drank some things and beat the shit out of people.
1: I love the cliffhanger of I've got to become completely insane. I don't actually like how he actually accomplished that. But, you know. No. <laughs> Here we are, sort of. He he realizes that Angelina is going to try to take over the planet to make it the base of her new galactic conquest. And the king is her target, so it's time for Jim to join the nobility. He shows up at Freeber's court. With black hair and a sweet mustache, claiming to be the long-lost Lord Grav Bent, he blasts. Which yeah,
0: truth.
1: It's cool, man. He uh, blasts through a wall and immediately demands to enter the hover joust. And this is just another one of these, like like with the uh, with the being an admiral. I think last episode. Um, you I just, just
0: do it by. <laughs> by pretending to be a huge dick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he just kind of is a dick, like just doesn't stop for anybody to, you know, doesn't answer any questions. Just acts like he's supposed to be there and just is total con artist stuff and it works perfectly.
0: (laughs) It's pretty Um, great.
1: As he joins the hover joust, he uses advanced starship piloting techniques to win all the matches, like flying upside down and stuff like that. Then at the victory condition, he freaks out, insults the king, and is taken off to jail. Luckily, this is all going to plan. <laughs>
0: oh my god.
1: That night Jim Asgrav Bent is sprung from prison by the Resistance, where he's taken to meet the leader, Lord Riddenrunt, who's <laughs> nominally the god. leader of the of the Resistance, with the real leader being Lady Angela, which is obviously Angelina.
0: <laughs> uh and she is not creative with her new names.
1: No, but she just... is
0: totally cute with that bob cut and space outfit.
1: Yo, like the the the, the thing about the way Carlos Escara draws is that everybody kind of has this look, but like Angelina is like is like is like surprisingly like attractive for sort of someone who's in this kind of Escara vision, I guess. Like it's not the mm. first. Like I I love his art style, but I don't know if it's the first one I'd go to for sort of sexy ladies, I guess. If that makes sure. sense, I don't know. Like it's, I don't yeah. know. It's not really a put down It's more sort of an observation. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. that night, uh, Jim does some space reconnaissance. He he finds like inside the rebel base, there's a squad of a, of a attack craft, atomic howitzer, and even underground laser tanks. He, sure. he also finds that all of the guards are dead, and an assassin is slipping into Angelina's room to kill her
0: oh snap what's he gonna do
1: yeah well jim isn't sure what he wants to do with angelina but he definitely doesn't want someone else to kill her so he repels in after the assassin next episode start the revolution without me oh i continue to have a lot of fun with stainless steel rat man i just like i love the character and how everything goes so quickly and just like there's just a lot of action and humor sort of mixed together that's really neat
0: this may be my one of my favorite comics to ever come out of this like, yeah it, it's book.
1: cool yeah i think there's collected editions out there somewhere that like i think there's one for this one and then and then and they, they, they do two more of these sort of over the years um mm-hmm. They're good, both, you know, the comic book versions are good. The books are actually pretty good. Um, well,
0: that's, that's what I was going to say. It's yeah. actually getting me interested in reading the book, period. Yeah, like, the book like. is,
1: from what I recall, the book's very similar in sort of tone to the narration and stuff like that in here. So, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I w- I've, be- I've been a big Harry Harrison fan, especially when I was, like, sort of um, younger and really... Re- recommended stuff if you kind of want some fun sort of classic science fiction things there's like 12 of these stainless steel rat books too
0: oh that's (laughs) (laughs) awesome so i've got plenty to like kind of peel through i don't know i think you're right the character is really like just generally fun but the universe that's built around it is um like just really addicting and how he just does stuff and and it's never taking itself too seriously it's like it's pretty comedic in a lot of the things that he does. I don't think that there's like a single page that goes by.
1: yeah, no, it's not like isn't a, funny. yeah, it's it's not like a very grim story or anything like that. Yeah, I, I just like I love I love stories about characters who are really capable and really kind of know exactly what they're doing and stuff like that. and and Jim DeGriz is a really great example of that kind of character. as
0: as opposed to, for instance, Mach one, who is just really good at stuff because he's just really good at stuff. Yeah,
1: like, like Jim, it feels like, always has a plan, whereas Mach 1 always has a power, if that makes sense, you know?
0: Yes. It's <laughs> Superman.
1: Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. But hey, um, speaking of things perhaps less, perhaps less exciting... <laughs> oh, God. Non-thrills. Covers, nerve center, fan art, reviews, Captain Klep, and Warriors of the Future. Good God, this is this... getting to be
0: a very dense section.
1: I can't believe this section is so getting so big. I got to figure out something else, to, some other way to pick the stuff up.
0: <laughs> oh God, I just
1: call it crap. <laughs> something. I mean, it's not crap. So let's start with a uh, Prague 146. New Year's is canceled with, like we said, this classic Brian Bolland dread cover with him holding his gun in the rain and stuff. Um, In the nerve center, apparently the uh, robot uh, Alan One has gotten all the other robots drunk on some sort of weird Scottish brew, Scottish robot brew. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, Also in this nerve center, there's a pretty cool series of pictures showing the difference between a regular homo sapien a semi mutate and an evil foe mutate this picture will be ripped off a thousand times in various warhammer 40,000 rule books <laughs> i'll tell you that right now um, hell yeah man yeah down and down and down um this wow. this is this, this prog also has more reader surveys and tharg uses this as a place to tease the return of robo hunter who we'll see uh next episode uh, inside uh, Captain Klepp joins the House of Lords where everyone is either asleep and or a skeleton anyhow a, uh, a cricket game breaks out uh, Klepp bowls so hard that he kills a dude and then breaks a window for that he's kicked out of the House of Lords
0: Uh
1: yeah. There's also more um, alien pictures. My favorite is My Friend Jack, which has three Ks in it, which isn't super cool, but it's by Alan Bunton. And then there's a picture of a swamp creature by Carl Waite that I also liked. Um,
0: I, I There's a lot of like. Just aliens across these comics that I really like from these chillins.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I'm trying to go e- e- prog by prog just to kind of like oh, call, yeah, call yeah. some of these guys out because they're yeah they're like the uh, design your own alien contest drew a lot of cool entries, I think. Um,
0: Gross ones.
1: Well, yeah, of course. Uh, One forty six ends with a cutaway diagram of the VC ship, which actually is pretty cool, just because we've been seeing the ship a lot, so getting a sense of what they think the inside is is neat, but. Even more so than most of these diagrams, there, d- there clearly doesn't seem to be enough space for, like, bunks and living areas to support this yeah. ship.
0: I mean, you could just sleep in your chair.
1: I mean, there's, like, like, the living area is literally, like, a small table and four bunk beds that are right next to each other.
0: When, <laughs> well, and, you know, when a guy is telling you, like, don't fucking come anywhere near me doesn't super work out for
1: you. It seems tense, especially because there's four beds and six people on the ship. I mean, presumably, two people are, are <laughs> awake for watches and stuff like that, but that's still no good. Um, oh, for sure. In Prague 147, the cover is a pretty neat picture of Jim DeGrees getting uh, stone cold murked by Angelina, <laughs> drawn by Carl Just. Just her. Sh- it's got a text, too, of uh, her shooting him and, like, um, you know, him almost dying, basically inside tharg once again demands more comment cards uh letters ask about inter- about getting 2000 ad shipped internationally and tharg gives his usual response is basically i'm awarding you three pounds here have a relative buy you 2000 ad and send it to you which is a ridiculous answer um. <laughs>
0: Like, come on, bro.
1: <laughs> There's also questions about Blackhawk's hawk, which I didn't know he had. Um, but anyhow, he's starring in some bird comics for the Bird Planet, so don't worry about it. Oh. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Uh, another re- letter writer says two thousand eighty has gone downhill from the start. Uh, strong disagree.
0: Um, yeah, super strong disagree. <laughs> that child is on crack. Who yeah. is this?
1: Oh, I don't know. 147, I guess it's... Um... Yeah, it's A. A. Mills from Sheffield. You're wrong, Mills.
0: (laughs) Get out of here and you're freaking bad opinions yeah child
1: (laughs) anyhow um mid book road jaws has a series of book reviews for various sci-fi and sci-fi related books i'd say the most interesting one is that a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy gets seven out of ten which is just one of those like people like sometimes classics don't get good reviews (laughs) and stuff (laughs) just despite how well well regarded they are i guess Um, yeah Meanwhile, unemployed Captain Klepp gets food from the Salvation Army because he's super-duper hungry and then goes to sleep under Waterloo Bridge where he finds a collection of what I assume are classic comic book guys. One of them is uh, Dan Dare's old sidekick Digby and another guy named Captain Hurricane. It seems rough when suddenly a swarm of rats attack. Oh, there's sewage rats from Cygnus 6 invading the planet. This is a job for Captain Klepp.
0: I did not get who any of these people were.
1: Nah, I don't think it's for us. I think it's for people that sort of read British comics.
0: Fair I mean, news. I,
1: I recognized Digby, but that was about it. Um and I had to look up I and,
0: didn't even go that far. Yeah.
1: And I had to look up digby's name as well um so there's two more pages of fan art i'm a big fan of this serious death monster by david wesson which is some kind of mantis with an exposed um skull or with an exposed brain and then the uh strano galanin by t Knight, which is kind of a neat super bug there's also an interview here with matt irvine who is a special effects guy for the bbc
0: they really
1: yeah They talk about his work um, with spaceships, but I think his best work is definitely with the character of K-9, the robot dog from Doctor Who. Yeah, it's the yeah, like build starships for a living. That one, that feature.
0: Oh, oh! I did not read that. Nah, yeah. that's
1: why I gave you the synopsis. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me the out.
1: Yeah, in both this and last issue, a bunch of kids have been officially named Squawk, Squawks Deck Thargos, which are friends of Tharg's, complete with like membership certificates and stuff. And I want one of those so damn bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't have one of those.
1: Probably because we're thirty-nine years too late, bro. For (laughs) thirty-seven, this issue ends with an awesome cyborg warrior with a bit like it's a big RoboCop type ultra robot that's just a brain of a jar of a big murder robot and all that stuff. Prog one forty-eight. There's another pretty classic cover with Mike McMahon drawing Dread in front of a bloody red background. You're next, punk! In the nerve center Tharg teases the next big drag, drag, dread epic starting in three epi- um, starting like in two episodes of this podcast. Um, but the highlight is a letter from Stainless Steel creator and Rick Random author Harry Harrison complaining about the Stainless Steel Rat intro article not appearing along with the SSR in its pr- in its premiere in Prague 140, which is kind of cool just because it's one of the actual authors being like, "Hey, you guys messed up." <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> um, that's cool
1: yeah there's uh the VC poster graph seems to come early this um issue or at least it does in, in, in the scans we have um but mm. it's a bunch of of battle troopers who are ground based guys instead of starship based guys like the VCs so they're kind of rivals then there's more alien drawings my favorite is a man meets mantis on the planet Derwin by Tim Farman which is this sweet skull headed mantis alien um
0: i mean i'll be honest my favorite is actually the beast from dimension c <laughs> out of all of them
1: that's super fair man what what's the, what's the deal with that one sorry i forget
0: so it's so he's like squatting and he's got one arm reaching out um but one of his legs is tinier than the other and he's, <laughs> holding a gun and he's got sweet horns and then like a chain. oh yeah i don't even know what you call it like a harness
1: yeah he's got like a chain yeah totally yeah shout out to uh darren horley from Raynum for the beast from dimension z that thing's awesome (laughs)
0: This is fucking bizarre.
1: Yeah. It's good. It's got some good planets in the background, too, honestly. A lot of the little details really sell a lot of these kid pictures, I gotta say. Um sure. <laughs> um, there's more book reviews from Road Jaws in this in, the, in this prog. Um, there's for some weird books, including The Novelization of Alien by Alan Dean Foster, which gets a 5 out of 10. And a book of Superman Search of Word Shapes, which I don't know what that means, but it gets a 2 out of 10. <laughs> I think actually, though, it's interesting that, that, that they put a novelization in here. You know, 1980. There's no like VCRs or anything. It's mm. once a movie leaves the theater, it's sort of done. You know, so novelizations. Yeah. Novelizations are way more important back then than they are now, they're more just sort of like a novelty or something like that. You know. But
0: search a word shapes.
1: Yeah, Alan Dean Foster, of course, classic uh, movie novelizer, done so many. He did like even. Um, the one for the newest, for The Force Awakens and stuff. Really? <laughs> anyway, yeah. That's like, you know, he he does some of his own stuff, which is fun, but he's also really does a lot of novelizations, which is an interesting, like, side gig or something. But anyway, huh. Prog 149, Bellardinelli gives us Blackhawk with a magic sword, riding an eyeless, fanged, clawed unicorn, and it's pretty dope. Um, apparently, in the nerve center, people have been asking what Brian Bolland's been up to. Baby, it's been Judge Death. Another an, another top letter is a guy who has worked out the price per word of 2000 AD up to this point. It ends. There ends oh. up being four thousand words per progs for an average of nine point six for a nine point six six pence um, average price, or a um, total average of a uh, like point four pence um, per word, <laughs> which is a good deal.
0: Oh, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's what. The if, fuck?
1: You, if you don't even count and that's not even counting art. So Thanks. more more reader profiles this Prague. They include a request for a dread movie. Just wait fifteen years, kiddo, and then maybe thirty-two <laughs> for a good dread movie. <laughs> Boom. Another's <laughs> a big fan of old stuff like Shaco, Mach 1, and Flesh, which I think we can both agree with. Um, oh, absolutely. And finally, uh, and then uh, for four days, Captain Klepp kills a ton of space rats as they invade. Suddenly, he realizes that he's super hungry and that um, these aliens are just rats. And on his on his planet, apparently, live rat is the greatest of delicacies. So he eats like thousands of invading rats, which is yay, but also gross. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> This was like the only Captain Klepp that I think I laughed at, but then was just like, oh, actually, ew.
1: <laughs> A big parade is held, Klepp asks, who will clean up all the ticker tape for the parade? The answer, you, because you suck. <laughs> um, it's
0: like, uh, good, more Klepp.
1: Yeah, next next episode, or for next episode for Captain Klepp, 8,000 A.D. Uh, this this prog also ends with a rare 10-pound winning um, letter with a warning for traitors. Like, Ooh. if you think Tharg's mightiness is failing, if you think Tharg's a snake, if you think solar hang gliding is a bore, if you think the Rosetta Sirius is painted on, then there's something wrong with your brain circuits! I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Finally, there's another VC trooper. This one is an undersea fighter with awesome cyber flippers and a radio-controlled murder fish.
0: Dude, what?
1: Well, it's the end of Frog 49, man. It's a sea
0: no, I, sea, sea warrior. I know, but it's like, that's what they made?
1: Listen, buddy, you're going to want an underwater murder fish when you're fighting geeks under the sea, okay? Uh, I just,
0: uh, I mean like not like a shark or like a fucking whale or No like this thing's a, like a little seal
1: No this thing's like a toothy trout it looks like
0: <laughs> Yeah th- it's not it's, it's, it's not the power suit that I have a problem with right yeah. That looks awesome It's, it's true. the fact that it's a shitty fish
1: Yeah the fish that he's chosen is not doesn't look like one of the breeds of fish we normally associate with with being a murder fish
0: <laughs> No Oh
1: anyway speaking of unlikely killers fox yeah thrill for blackhawk i like that was good yeah do my best um script robot for blackhawk is alan grant writing is alvin gaunt art robots massimo bellardinelli lettering robot is pete knight so okay yeah
0: let's start this bb
1: yeah Whoa, it's like a cam show in here. Um, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ursa and Zog versus Blackhawk and Batak. Go Ursa and Zog. I'm rooting for you guys. <laughs>
0: Dude, like every time they're the best combo.
1: Luckily, they win right away. Like, take those guys out. Like, too sweet. Unfortunately, this is also the dumb team, and they quickly get confused. Star Trek and Star Trekking Mac-Mac, trying to figure out what the <laughs> next part of the plan is. Um
0: which is <laughs> really great
1: i mean it's super fair that's what i do uh black Hawk <laughs> comes to and while ursa and zog are uh distracted he pulls himself over a ledge and escapes into an underground cave system where he is carried away by little bat guys
0: think like i don't know uh oh hold on conrad okay jim henson yeah like, they're, weird Jim Henson baby monsters. <laughs> like if bats. you
1: if you saw these little bat monsters in like labyrinth, they would be right right where they want to be, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the little bat guys are the BB, a race of slaves to the great beast. They have to find food for the beast or be food for the beast. Uh, Which uh, I, I mean, mean, yeah, black gets yeah I mean Black Hawk gets really offended like don't you ever think of what's going in your be- of anything besides what's going in your bellies and like honestly like you know when you're starving that's what most people think about like you know the hunt the the quest for food is not a first world problem that's what I'm trying to say
0: yeah <laughs> And especially when then someone else is coming around and just taking it because they're bigger and stronger than you and also use magic.
1: Exactly, yeah. As c- Case in point, as a, uh, a slaver arrives to lead the BB to their death, to be fed to the Great Beast, um, but instead Blackhawk shows up and beats up the slaver. He goes Pretty cool, to, BB. Yeah, he leads them through the slaver's mystic gateway where he finds the rest of the BBs being made into going to be made into food and his buddies strapped like a plinth about to be sacrificed we got to do something
0: oh god oh, yeah. what are we gonna do
1: oh yeah and fox is right all the bbs refer to each other as bb and actually pretty much everybody as a bb <laughs> yeah
0: what i love is that it's like a next frog batman and zaggin
1: <laughs> it's, it's pretty clever. Yeah, as the sacrifice ritual is carried out, Blackhawk sneaks up and frees Zog from the sacrificial altar. As Zog runs amok, Blackhawk frees the rest of his friends, and with help from the BBs, begins to take down these great beast cultists.
0: The- Dude, and it's this whole like three quarters huge panel of just like these BBs going like. We don't know how to fight and then the brave one's like, dude, I'll show you like points towards Zog who's like beating the crap out of stuff. And so all the BBs are screaming Zog while they pick up like axes and totally. use spears to stab guys.
1: Yeah, just like just like Zog, they go full 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 on Berserker while chanting Zog.
0: Yeah. It's pretty great, BB.
1: It's excellent. Um so Blackhawk grabs the last surviving cultist and gets directions to the blood blade, the weapon they believe will help them kill the beast. It's in a big tower. Man, I hope this isn't a trap. No, it's clearly oh, a trap. <laughs>
0: definitely. Yeah, definitely 100% a trap.
1: So Blackhawk and the team enter the weird MC Escher-like interior of the tower. They quickly reach the sword, but before they can grab it, Blackhawk stops them because it could be a trap. Blackhawk pokes the, the sword with his club, and it's definitely a trap. Yep. A uh, huge monster appears, but the guys fight it and actually make quick work of it, with Blackhawk c- cutting the monster's arms off and then grabbing the sword before the monster can <laughs> reform.
0: Once again, as he said, cutting the monster's arms off and then grabbing the sword.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, that's cut cut the arms off, ask questions later, that's what I say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, now Blackhawk has the Blood Blade and the BBs show up in great numbers with Kerr the horse, which is the awesome eyeless murder horse from the cover of Prog 149. And we're off, next episode, war!
0: Dude, and he's like in the tiniest text box. Do the BB stand fight with us? And they're just like, Zog! <laughs> yeah, right.
1: it's pretty awesome. And I'm digging these. I'm digging all the non-black hawk characters. In Black hawk.
0: <laughs> it's pretty much the saddest thing because he's like this catalyst for cool shit happening. Yeah, but God, he's just so milk toast.
1: It's true. Yeah, he's got like, man. I wish he he he's got surprisingly little flavor for someone who's got such a ridiculous setup being like this, this Nubian gladiator from ancient Rome. Who's now beyond the stars. You know what I mean?
0: This, yeah, it's just, he's far too serious. And like, I don't know when, when everyone's being great, he's just like, nah, we got to do a thing by Sebik's blood.
1: Exactly. Hey, speaking of doing things, Fox, (sighs) <laughs> Thrill Five, Rojaws Robo RoboTails.
0: God, that's an apt comparison. <laughs> oh, look, things are going on. Yeah,
1: exactly. So yeah, so uh, this is a new kind. This is a new version of Future Shocks, Fox. Just going forward from now on, mm. when a, when what what would be a Future Shock is now about robots. It's going to be a a, a Rojaws RoboTails for the foreseeable future got it Um, so first story Damien the child of tomorrow Uh, script robot Kelvin Gosnell writing as W. Gosmore art robot Mike White lettering robot the Aldrich Mark II so Mary is a sad lady she's married to Rolf who is a jerk genius robot inventor Um, Mary wants a kid and eventually they have one named Damien yes this story does is post Uh. so there's uh, so there's some references here Damien is a sour little kid and an adventure like his dad, but he snaps when Mary gives away this robot toy he's built. So things are tense until Damien takes Mary's wedding ring and melts it down for one of his projects, and that's the last straw.
0: Yeah, which dick move.
1: Yeah, this kid's a dick. Mary is unhappy, and Rolf has had enough. He removes Damien's head and promises to reprogram him because Damien oh. was a robot. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Yeah, that's the robot air horns. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, But removing his head doesn't turn Damien off as Rolf expected. Instead, Damien's decapitated body opens a door to reveal robot versions of Mary and Rolf. Oh God! They they quickly murder the human versions, and now they're one big happy robot family. And they can't wait to meet the neighbors. Oh. (laughs) second story it's a knockout script robot Ola art robot Jose Casanova lettering robot Peter Knight so a bunch of kids throw rocks at a robot that looks very similar to like an R2-D2 with legs as a very he
0: does
1: yeah as a very C-3PO robot Greasy comes up and tells those kids to stop because of this story he's about to tell Basically, oh he was a waiter at a restaurant where a guy named Walker was a real jerk to the robots. Walker knocked over Greasy and started kicking him until a mysterious stranger arrives. And he's like, I'll bet that robot's more intelligent than you. And Walker responds, you you bet your life? And pulls a gun. And the stranger says, I'll bet my life and a thousand credits. So now Damn. it's serious. Yeah, there's gonna be four competitions, and if Walker wins just one, he gets the money and can kill the stranger. The stranger picks two, uh, and Walter picks the other ones. So here we go. Task one: uh, You gotta Dude. serve serve everyone in the bar and come back with the correct bar tab. Despite some cheating from the Humes, Greasy wins easily. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy. Ta- yeah. Task two. Clean the floor the fastest. But before the match <laughs> begins, Walker drops a literal spanner, which is a, a wrench, as we say here in America, into Greasy's works. What will happen? Oh, we'll find out next week. It's a cliffhanger. Oh
0: my god, I can't believe it.
1: Yeah. So, next frog. It's a mop battle. The the stranger quickly realizes the problem and fixes Greasy up and Greasy manages to win by just a whisker. So now He really
0: mops up the competition.
1: That's right. Bow now it's time for walkers challenges task three shoot a coin in the air um grease uh while it's flipping in the air greasy uses his telescoping arm to put his gun right next to the coin and holds it while walkers just chips it so task four (laughs) poker playoff Oh, cool! Yeah, Greasy uses his robot brain to count cards, and in the end, Walker gets four kings, but Greasy has four aces. Walker nuts. Yeah, I don't know. Walker has lost, and an anger takes a shot at Greasy, but the stranger shoots his gun out of his hands. Hey, but surely, the stranger's human compassion would keep him from actually killing another human being, right? I mean, maybe it would, but the stranger removes his faceplate. He's another robot! Beep, beep, beep! And he shoots Walker right in the face. So let that be a lesson to you kids. Even the worst robot is both stronger, smarter, and better than a human in every way, and there are robots who look exactly like humans who wander the earth, playing Byzantine games to kill humans. (laughs) That's
0: exactly right. (laughs) Or they, you know, and this is just off the top of my head, they might run a podcast or even work with you at your job or run a podcast. Not that we would be robots.
1: Oh, my God, Fox, what are you doing to me? All right. (laughs) Speaking of secrets, the the general public is not meant to know. Thrill 6, Time Quake. Oh my god <laughs> uh, script robot for Timequake is Chris Louder writing is Jack Adrian art robots Jesus Redondo lettering robot is Aldrich Mark 2 okay so Timequake is a, uh, is a refugee from Star-Lord it was a big Star-Lord comic It's coming back here for just a brief I, I, I guess they had some stories to they, they had a story to burn off so they just sort of tossed it in here for a couple weeks um,
0: so, so even though we are now called 2000 AD and Tornado Yeah, we're not bringing in more tornado comics.
1: No, listen, (laughs) we don't bring in more tornado comics. Uh, Big E, the superhero host of Tornado, is way less visible in the comics than Star Lord still is. Like we just had um, a end the book like feature thing of aliens that was hosted by Star Lord. We haven't seen anything from Big E. Like that guy was on the cover once, and that was it.
0: That's because Star Lord's dope.
1: I mean, these are this is factual. Uh, so anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, those pirates, Fox! Ah, oh, me hearties! They're attacking another ship in the year 1709. When suddenly, a bunch of music enthusiasts wanting to travel through time to go to a taping of Top of the Pops in 1979 appear on deck. <laughs> top top of the pops of course a famous british uh tv show where they you know they'd have people come on and per, and per, perform their uh, hit songs like a i guess like billboard or like soul train here in the states yeah like oh, those cool. shows yeah it's, it's it's pretty famous if you like um like sort of you know late 70s early 80s british music it's or i, I guess to today now that i'm thinking about it but just generally like you know oh uh, yeah top of the pops you know, these British guys—all of our British audience—is loving the fact that I'm having a lot of trouble explaining what it is right now.
0: Um, I just—I just imagined that it was like, you know, a cereal competition or something, but that's
1: fine. Or a soda com- or a soda competition Ooh, in, the, in the American yeah. Midwest.
0: That's, that's awesome.
1: Because because in the Midwest we, they call it a uh, uh, pop instead of soda. I don't know, but um, It's true yeah god man everyone's gonna hate us with this episode
0: oh no 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 top of the pops it's a dad competition right like who's the best dad
1: it's funny because this is such this is such basic english shit that like it's like a show it's like me showing up and being like you know i don't even know like uh like like simpsons i don't know what, what are you talking about <laughs> uh, so anyhow <laughs> Oh, the, the time travelers run from the pirates and they hole up in a ship's cabin but it's only a matter of time until they're slaughtered there's one last chance as one <laughs> of the lady in their group carves a message on the wall of the ship
0: red <laughs> alert we are about to die whoever reads this contact time control at once.
1: it's awesome meanwhile uh, relatively speaking, meanwhile but also 85 million years in the past at, at Time Control HQ a message is received by James Blocker time control operative he's got to save his partner Susie before she's killed uh James brings them all back and it turns out that this was part of an investigation that Susie was doing as in, like as a sting to find a bootleg time travel agency Oh snap! Yeah, these bootleggers have to be stopped before they go from just sending people to the wrong times and their deaths to causing massive paradox, screwing up the whole damn timeline. So, now they have evidence. It's time for the bust!
0: Oh man, holiday in hell!
1: Yeah, time control lets the other survivors of the pirate massacre off with a warning, including a very thankful lady survivor. Susie and James follow them, to find the black market time agency they arrive in a uh, 2254 on what i think is like a future london but is but has slurred future pronunciations so like this is the city of london as part of europe with like a y Yeah. as it rains they start to um they start to plan how they'll find the uh black market time booker but they're instantly accosted by a tout for the black market time time uh, agency so they go to the place it's called mother eternal and they see that the travel agent is oh it's the lady they just released oh geez it's a trap
0: Oh my god, they got stung by their own sting.
1: It's true. The pair are stuck in an invisible force field and then warped to a random part of the time stream. In the words of the lady, bye! (laughs) The uh, (laughs) the pair are caught in a time spiral, endless copies of themselves over and over again. It's a goddamn time twister! They can be caught here forever! Next episode, Killing Time.
0: Just like cool and offset (laughs) like two killing time yeah because it's it's hard to explain with words whatever i mean yeah
1: both the words and like sort of the time twister is is what it looks like when you're sort of standing in between two mirrors and the mirrors sort of continue forward and backwards of you with infinite reflections and stuff yeah yeah i like um oh go ahead oh
0: yeah well what i was gonna say is do you know what's funny what do you know what's better than uh rick random
1: what is it this Yeah, but. Do you know what's
0: better than, like, Wolfie Smith most of the time?
1: <laughs> Is it also yes. Timequake? Yeah, fair. That's yeah, it's fair.
0: It's Timequake. Do you know what's better than, like, most of Mach 1?
1: <laughs> oh, man. I like Time yes. Quake, too, though. I really like, you know, I just love, um, like, like time travel, like, screwabouts, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like being in trouble and just leaving, like, an indelible note someplace, assuming that my time travel buddies will find it and then come save me, because they basically have all the time to do It's, like... Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that seems like a really neat thing, you know?
0: Well, they, they did it in, like, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like, there's, like, oh, well, like... Yeah, dude. Let's we'll go back in time and leave the keys like fucking right here, and then we'll be fine. And yeah, then that's, they like look behind the thing, and it's like, oh, here are the keys.
1: That's for sure my second favorite part of Bill and Ted Adventures. Just all the time travel to set things up and stuff like that. My my yeah. first favorite part is there is there a surfer lingo as anybody who's talked to me for a moderate amount <laughs> can can see. Um, <laughs> Rufus! Exactly. Um, but hey. Speaking of unusual visitors from uh, places far removed from our own time and place, Fox. Oh, my G. Thrill 7 What Tharg did on Sunday.
0: As a side note, uh, yeah. before I get into this, I found, by accident, a commercial with Tharg in it. Oh, yeah, they. I think it was 1970 some odd. Yeah,
1: 1977, they had actual TV ads for 2000 AD like like if like if you some of these if you listen to like sort of I I've been listening to uh the Mega City Book Club uh podcast and the host there Eamon Clark who is also a friend of the show has a bunch of um guests on a lot of them are sort of like Prague 1 fans and stuff and they talk about seeing a commercial on TV for this crazy new comic book you know and stuff like
0: that Well yeah well what was nuts is like it's for Prague 1 and he's just like check out the space banner like 15 seconds it's fucking over and done with before you know what the fuck's going on anyway (laughs) what did thark do on sunday
1: oh man so okay not that it's
0: any of my business
1: I should say that uh, the script robot for this one, not a robot, but written by Tharg, art robot Carlos Escara, lettering robot Tom E, and this one comes from Prague 147. Um, so, Tharg shows up at Corking, which seems to be a fictional English town. I put Corking England and Corking UK and Google Maps and I get nothing. Anyhow, um, he's... On the local cricket field, there's a lot of cricket in Prague 147, and is shooed away by the townsfolk, but Tharg warns them that the dictators of Zrag, a constant threat that we've heard about from the nerve center, are attacking the town. As everyone is skeptical, the sky cracks open and the dictators and their army flow forth. Uh, Tharg and Zrag exchange energy beams, messing up the cricket field like crazy. Uh, tharg challenges the dictators to a match and then proceeds to kick the crap out of them with a cricket bat the the day is saved and for his trouble tharg is bitten on the leg by a small dog also a statue of tharg playing cricket is erected on the cricket field
0: huzzah he screams at that dog i just want to say and he does well, not look happy about it he's the been sort of like oh shit
1: a side story, is sort of, of, of this thing is Tharg sort of constantly putting that dog in suspended animation, sort of flying above the air and stuff. <laughs> Dude,
0: it's pretty great. Yeah,
1: just a nice little day in the life of Tharg story. Mm-hmm. And with that, Fox, oh, we're done with thrills for this month. Big month, seven thrills. Oh my gosh, that's uh, was a lot. <laughs> yeah. So what? It- what thrill What thrill would you find the most, what, what thrill had the most thrill power and which one had the least this month? January oh. 1980.
0: The fucking, that is super easy. Most thrilling goes to Stainless Steel Rat. Nice. I fucking love the Stainless Steel Rat. I love that he stole a ship. I love that that ship crash landed on a, a planet. I love that he scuba'd out. I love that he found a dude on a boat. I love that he then robbed a bank. I love that he then dressed up as a noble guy after kicking the shit out of some people. I love that he then infiltrated the base. I love that he's now, like, right. calling down to, like, fight a woman. It's, <laughs> it's like all of that happened and it was all cool and he's just like this old man and he does really funny things like his face when he drinks that fucking gug or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Totally, like, It does comedy better than most of the other, like, like Rojas and Hammerstein have been, and, and like, Mechquake have been fairly comedic, but their attempts at comedy before were like Walter, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, this is
1: bad. Yeah, definitely here, shows some evolution of comedy in the, um, in 2080 AD, for sure.
0: So it's not, but it's not even like a comedy comic. It just mm-hmm. happens to be that he's quite funny. Yeah. Also. I don't know. Anyway, it's super enjoyable. I'm gonna read the books. You guys should read this prog. It's th- uh, my circuits are fucking. Oh, there's fried everywhere. Too many bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what thrill had the least thrill power for you this month?
0: So I'll be honest. Like I'm still excited for it, but it's got to be the VCs. It was
1: mm-hmm. all right. That's fine. Yeah, I like, mean,
0: it was like it was like a. It was like a a middling thrill power. It it didn't quite go up to like overloadedly thrilled, but it didn't really hit like you know six out of ten thrillometer.
1: Yeah, no, I can definitely, I could definitely see that. Like you know, um, it's very like it's just kind of more war stuff. They kind of find a new thing and they had to deal with it and stuff. It gets kind of a little samey, maybe. Mm -hmm. It does, and it's just sort of not. It doesn't have enough to sort of differentiate it from what's around it. I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, Uh. even in Blackhawk, which. You know, we, we're talking about the main characters, like, whatever. Everything else going on around him is awesome.
1: Yeah, like, like, like Blackhawk's supporting cast is way stronger than the VC supporting cast, just in terms of being, like, characters you want to hang out with and see what they're going to do in their <laughs> adventures and stuff.
0: I want to hang out with Ursa all the fucking
1: time. Oh, my Mac God, Mac. man. Yeah, just axe some dudes and drink Mac-Mac? Like, I don't know what you want, you know?
0: There's nothing else you should want. You get to Axe Bros and fucking, like, drink Mac Mac and hang out with Zog and scream.
1: Like, Ursa's definitely, like, if you are trying to make a and d character and you can't think of anything, just making... Being an Axe dude that drinks that drinks Mac Mac is a decent choice. Just be Ursa. All I'm,
0: all I'm saying is it's, like... You know, you're trying to like have some bros over and you're like, Man, who am I gonna invite? and you're like, Alright, we've got my besties, got some like people I like from work. Oh, fucking Ursa. Everybody fucking loves Ursa. Ursa brings the Mac Mac, man. Absolutely. He's all about that chop Chop. He's always down to have fun, like hang out, bring your friend with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so- buddy. I'm I'm done gushing about Ursa a little, I mean I could gush about Ursa all day. Anyway, especially about his fanny pack. Anyway, what do you what was your what was your most thrilling comic?
1: Oh uh, most edited, thrilling edited most thrilling rather? for yeah. Most thrilling for me this week is Judge Dread. Oh, yeah! oh yeah. Uh you know, um Judge Minty is a really awesome story just in terms of building sort of the cut these concepts like what old judges do in Mega City One for instance. Um like, I thought the uh the Alien Seed story was another sort of fun, just kinda of day in the life of Mega City One story, which I'm a huge fan of. That and the New Year's Is Cancelled one actually are just sort of like, Yep, this is just kinda of what you deal with when you're a judge in Mega City One, sort of day after day, you know? Um Dude. which are increasingly the stories I'm really I'm really thinking about that that really kind of stick with me for Judge Dread. Like, you know, Ultra Epics are really cool, but you know, the glue that ties judge dread together for between those ultra epics are these sort of like one off or two week stories that are just like, you know, Hey, here's mega city one. What a weird place and stuff like that. And then exactly, you know, and then man, like (sighs) judge death showing up is a huge deal. Like I know it's, (laughs) it's, I keep, I'm, I, I worry that I'm playing it up to you too much, Fox, just because you're just sort of seeing it for the first time. But like mm-hmm. the, like the next, like this and the next two progs, like one forty nine and one fifty one, are two are like the most reprinted dread stories. Period. Ooh, you know, so that's like awesome. so like you really kind of gotta. Like, for me, I kind of, like, just all that outside stuff really piles on the thrill power of it for me. It makes it more thrilling than maybe even the actual story justifies. Just all the cultural stuff and the importance of Judge Dread or of Judge Death in the Judge Dread universe and all that stuff makes it a huge deal.
0: I mean, you can feel it coming in the air tonight, you know? Yeah.
1: Dude, Yes, yeah, total sweet drum solo. Um... <laughs> <laughs> For my least thrilling, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna echo you with the VC's, uh, Fox, um, I think it's a little too early, or, like, I don't know, like, I, I feel weird about giving at uh, least thrilling to um, stories like the Robo Tales, and they had some fun, like, these robots are going to kill us all, what a weird moral uh, kind of stories. The Tales <laughs> were excellent. And then, I agree that a uh, time quake is really fun, just as sort of a, especially because we haven't read the Star-Lord stories, of just sort of being thrown at the action and being interested in it, and of course, I love time travel stuff, so... um yeah, v- v- VCs just sort of ends up just, you know, it's still definitely above the acceptable thrill line, but the least thrilling, you know, the least thrill power of this of this week's shows. I agree with or that. Or of, th- of this month's shows, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you said it was your bottom one, so I don't know. <laughs> that's not, that's not fair. Hmm... Anyhow, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Um, you can find us on find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site at cradoline.com. Feel free to contact us at Space Spinner 2000 at gmail.com or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're Space Spinner 2K for everything else. Please just look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. And hey, you know, if you like the show, why not drop like a review in iTunes or something? You don't got to listen to the show on iTunes. Drop us a review you want to drop us a review there just yeah. give us, give us you five... Can just
0: like send us like five bucks or maybe like if you see us on the street give us a high five
1: Man, I don't want I don't know about that um but <laughs> but reviews are good they'll help people find the show and boost our fragile egos uh, <laughs> c- come back. Come back next time, as Timequake rumbles to a finish, Sam Slade the Robo Hunter returns, Black Hawk rejoins the Space Pirates, the Geeks attack Mars, Judge Cassandra Anderson arrives to boing Judge Death out of here, and we'll go back to the big one, WW2, as we head out to meet the Fiends of the Eastern Front
0: oh i'm so excited about that one
1: yeah vampire nazis buddy until next time i'm conrad he's fox and we are space spinner 2000 spundug for three dude stop saying we're robots jesus christ
0: i can't help it